A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad, too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money Maker. Play the game and you could win money up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes ranging from $50 to $500, Money Maker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. The Hargan women seem to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover inside the house there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Beauty awoke confident she'd die that day. But perhaps she could save another life before it happened. Her time here wouldn't be in vain if she could free the prisoner she'd dreamed about. So Beauty set to looking. She pulled books off shelves, hoping to reveal a secret hallway. No movement. Peering behind a portrait, she held her breath. Nothing. She looked under carpets and even yanked up a loose floorboard. No sign of life, period. Beauty came upon the largest piano she'd ever seen. It was too big to be just a piano. So Beauty did the most logical thing. She opened the lid and climbed inside. There was no time to worry if she was going crazy. She had to find him. She tapped the soundboard, whispering softly, Hello? Are you here? She twisted a tuning pin, wondering if there was some trick that may open a secret cabinet. She plucked strings, desperate. The piano's lid dropped. Hiding from me, the beast growled. Hello? Uh, no, just exploring? She offered. She couldn't say a word about the prisoner from her dream. Hmm. Time for dinner. It grinned hungrily. Welcome to Tales. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Today, I'm continuing Beauty and the Beast, the classic girl-meets-monster tale. But this isn't the version of Beauty and the Beast you've heard before. As a note, the tales on this podcast are dark sometimes scary, and full of adult themes. The original story of Beauty and the Beast features depression, sexual innuendo, and mild drug use. Please exercise caution for children under 13. If you want to hear more tales, you can find episodes on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or Parcast.com. A new episode releases every other Saturday, so if you enjoy it, subscribe. When we last left off, 
Beauty volunteered to die in place of her father at the Beast's castle. Fearing an imminent death, she cried herself to sleep, where she dreamed that she wasn't the only prisoner in the castle. Beauty was determined to find this unknown prisoner and free him before the Beast killed her, but worried she did not have much time. Enough food to feed Beauty's entire family covered the table, but the Beast wouldn't take one bite, hoping it contained some anesthetic or maybe a poison that would kill her in an only mildly painful way, Beauty gingerly bit a roll. The Beast watched her every move, her hand on the butter knife, her lips on the crust, the ripple in her throat as she swallowed. Neither spoke. The only noise was beauty chewing, swallowing, sipping wine. There was no water. She figured the beast did that intentionally. She finished her roll and broke down crying. The beast stirred. What pains you, darling? Darling? Ew. She'd rather the monster didn't speak. But, being a kind and well-bred young lady, Beauty replied that she was distressed he hadn't begun to eat yet, and that she... she... she was... You aren't the meal. Seeing me eat would cause you to vomit, the beast said. Considering his trunk and tusks, Beauty believed him. She composed herself and quickly ate two more rolls. She didn't trust herself with any complex food. Even if she didn't see the beast eat, she was still likely to vomit from anxiety. Beauty, remembering her manners, realized she probably shouldn't refer to her captor as the beast. It might prefer the monster. She asked him, what shall I call you? Its rat tail curled around her wrist in a sort of handshake. Beauty figured the beast meant it to acknowledge her thoughtfulness, but she was disgusted. The beast cleared his throat with a pained growl. I should like for you to call me husband. Beauty, will you marry me? Her stomach coiled, she tasted her rolls again. It was absurd the beast even asked. Intercourse with this thing couldn't be anything less than rape. <clears throat> Reply properly, yes or no, the beast said quietly. Beauty swallowed and said, no thank you. He asked her to follow him and led her to a door labeled Beauty's Apartments. If you require anything, simply say it aloud, and it will come to you. Good night, Beauty, it said. Beauty nodded, tongue-tied. She entered the room, and the beast locked her in. She didn't know how much longer she had, and hated to waste what could be her last minutes crying, but the tears fell uncontrollably. Somehow, the idea of being the beast's wife was even worse than being his dinner. 
That night, she dreamed of the unknown man who greeted her with a kind embrace. Normally, she'd think this was improper. After all, she didn't even know his name, but she needed the comfort, the reassurance that the monster couldn't get her here. After a few moments in his arms, she finally relaxed and was able to speak. I tried to free you, I promise. I'll keep trying until the beast kills me. The man gave her a sad, solemn look. He stroked her hair one last time, then said, Seek happiness. That is the key to saving me. And do not allow yourself to forget gratitude, he told her. Then he vanished. A lady appeared in his place. She said to Beauty, Better things shall come to you, dear one. You are fated to happiness if you can only see beyond appearances. Then she too disappeared. Seek happiness. Much less cut and dry than crawling under furniture, but how could she find happiness in a prison? At least it was a clue. She clung to it, hinging her sanity on this scrap of hope. Beauty was growing rather thirsty from all the crying. Just then, she remembered that the beast said if she required something, all she had to do was ask. Surely the beast wouldn't want her to die of dehydration before it could kill her himself. May I please have some water? She waited a moment. The door remained closed. She sighed, rolling over in bed. A pitcher of water and a glass sat on the nightstand table. She was certain it wasn't there before. Beauty drank it, then tried... May I please leave this room? Her door unlocked. She rushed to it, flung it open. But no one was on the other side, or along the long, candle-lit hallway. Hmm. Beauty had always loved books. Perhaps she'd find some happiness in the castle's library. We'll return to our story in just a moment from the ParCast Network. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now let's continue our story. The library was useless. 
Beauty read several books over the next few days, but she was preoccupied with analyzing each sentence for clues. It became a chore and a fruitless one at that. Exploring other rooms, Beauty met adorable birds and monkeys. They couldn't speak, but they were unusually smart. In the castle's theater, the animals performed plays and operas and ballets. But each line and note and leap was just another clue to parse. There were no other people in the castle to talk to, just the birds, monkeys, and silent, invisible servants. She began counting the hours since she'd seen another human face. Every night, the beast stared at her as she ate. Occasionally, it made awkward conversation about the weather or how she was sleeping, the rareness of the mutton. It was so painfully dull. Beauty wondered if the beast's sadistic plan was to bore her to death. After she finished, it asked the same conceited question. Beauty, will you marry me? She always said no. Even if she had a speck of interest, its tusks would probably take her eye out trying to kiss her. For a fortnight, she didn't see the prince in her dreams. She worried the beast had satisfied its bloodlust by killing the other prisoner. Restlessness overtook her, and she decided to explore every room in the palace. In a vaguely familiar room, she found an odd chandelier. It was all silver and crystal, with one golden candle holder. Curious, she pulled over an ottoman, stood atop it, and looked more closely. The gold glint came from a locket tangled around the chandelier. Vintage, seemingly, she blew off the dust and tried to pry the locket open. It was a bit stuck, rusted. She dug her fingernails between the metal lips. Inside, a picture of the man from her dreams. He lived, or had lived. The tiny, delicate painting was done in an old style, but it was him. The man had told her not to trust her eyes, but she knew one thing for sure. The beast had usurped this estate from the unknown man's family. At dinner that night, she didn't even try to maintain polite conversation. She ate quickly, angry at the beast for what it had done to her fellow prisoner. And to her, she was a victim too. She'd never see her family again, and her days were numbered. After the quick meal, the beast asked her to marry him, as usual. She declined, as if there would be another answer. But this time, the beast pulled out a sharp, shiny dagger. Beauty twitched. She longed to run, but feared moving a muscle. A gift for you. The beast pushed the item towards her, and she realized it wasn't a dagger, but a shard of broken mirror. He explained it was cursed by an evil fairy, and now 
the mirror showed not the person looking into it, but who they longed to see. All beauty had to do was ask. Show me my father, she commanded. Beauty looked into the mirror and saw her father and one of her sisters in a stately living room. They laughed with a young man. He must be a suitor. And they looked so happy. Beauty's sacrifice had saved her family, and they were all the better for her imprisonment in the beast's castle. She smiled. In her room that night, she locked the door, dimmed the lights, and hid under the covers with the mirror. Beauty didn't want to risk the invisible servants seeing what she was doing. She gave the most important command. Show me the man from my dreams. The mirror fogged up as if she'd breathed on it. No image, not even her own reflection. Show me the other prisoner in this castle. The mirror showed her an image of the beast. It was as she feared. The beast had eaten her only hope. Beauty sobbed herself to sleep. She dreamed of the portrait room. But no. Yes, there he was. The man from her dreams stared at his portrait, forlorn. You're here, Beauty cried, elated. What did you expect? The man asked. He embraced her. It's been so long. I thought the beast had eaten you. She went on to tell him about the locket, the portraits, and the shard of mirror. The man assured her she was on the right track. She needed to listen closely for him. In the meantime, would she fancy a walk in the garden? Beauty agreed, allowing him to take her by the hand and tell her about his garden. After walking her through flowers and vegetables, he showed her his poison garden. This made Beauty nervous. She'd seen this garden before, but had no idea it was dangerous. Why would you grow these? Tragedy. Sometimes a quick death is the most practical choice, he said. She was shocked by his bluntness. He went on to detail how a certain flower would stop her heart as soon as it hit her bloodstream. The man was calm, scientific, and beauty shifted from disturbed to fascinated. He wasn't simply a prisoner. He was a man of mystery and a very intellectual one. She asked him, Do you have something that would help me sleep more? I don't feel comfortable sharing that with you. Your captor would not appreciate you slumbering through the dinners he waits so eagerly for. Beauty nodded and resolved to find that plant herself. In the meantime, she enjoyed the rest of her night with the charming man. After receiving the mirror, Beauty's dreams of the handsome young man continued he told her about his favorite books, and she spent her days reading them. He taught her how to skip rocks across the garden's ponds and into the moat. After each dream, 
she felt closer to him, driven to rescue him. There was a chance they could escape this castle, return to her family, and get married. She was falling in love, though he never told her his name. He said he was sworn not to. These glorious nights only made the days more taxing. She counted the minutes till she could return to sleep. Beauty watched her father and siblings in the mirror, but being unable to speak to them frustrated her. Her family felt far away, like characters in a book. The birds and monkeys were sweet, but they couldn't carry on a conversation. She quickly bored of the animal's pantomime. There was no nuance, and the beast, though able to speak English, was even duller than the birds and monkeys. Beauty fancied that she might sleep and never wake up. She took to drinking more wine at dinner. She ate less, so her body would be forced to sleep more, and she could see the unknown man faster. After significant research in the library, Beauty found a root in the garden that would make her sleep quickly and longer. She felt sick when she woke up, but the nights with the unknown man were worth it. One night, as he encouraged her yet again not to judge by appearances, she broke down. She was lonely. The shows performed by birds and monkeys bored her. The invisible servants scared her. I never see a true person, just the animals and the monster, she cried. The man took her hand, meeting her teary eyes. What about the shard of glass the beast gave you? For all I know, the beast enchanted it to show me false images of my family, she exclaimed. The man regarded her gently. Do they feel false? She swallowed. No, but it won't show me you. The man reminded her that she saw him every night. Beauty insisted it wasn't enough. The days felt so much longer than the nights, no matter how much she drugged herself. At that, the man said Beauty ought to be going. He told her, You have to make your waking life worth living. Love him who loves you. I love you, Beauty said. Do not be deceived by appearances, Beauty. She awoke with a start. That was it. There was no way she could find the man by looking on her own. She had to confront the beast. But every time she tried to speak, her throat closed up. She couldn't get the words out. For days, she existed in limbo. Dinners left her tongue heavy and her chest tight. Each night after the beast left her, she loathed her own silence. After five days and four glasses of wine, it tumbled out. Are you, the birds and the monkeys and I, the only breathing creatures in this castle? The beast inhaled gruffly. Yes, only us two and the animals are living. 
The invisible servants who wait on you do not live. They are magic. Only us two. There was no man in the castle. Our story will continue in a moment after the break. And now let's continue the story. After the revelation, Beauty no longer tried to sleep. She stopped eating. Nothing held her focus. Soon, she stopped watching the birds and monkeys perform. She didn't read. She barely left her room except for dinner. At dinner, she'd say one word. No. Beauty cried every day. Why hadn't the beast killed her already? Probably because she wasn't worth the trouble. That's how little she had to offer. The only people who loved her, her family, thought she was dead, and there was no way for her to tell them otherwise. At this point, she'd be better off dead. Beauty stopped trying, going to dinner with her hair unbrushed. The beast asked what was wrong, and she said she had a headache. They didn't speak again until he asked her to marry him, and she said no. The beast had never reacted to her rejection before, but this night he frowned and presented her with a ring. Go home for two months if you like. It may cure your headache. To return, simply turn this ring over on your finger. Beauty was shocked. She could leave? Just like that? What are the conditions? I implore you, return to me after two months. Swear on my life, if you don't return, I will die, the beast said. Beauty nodded her gratitude. She put the ring on her finger and swore on the beast's life she'd return after two months. That night, Beauty fell asleep quickly and without shedding a single tear. The excitement of seeing her family again invigorated her. She wondered why the beast changed his mind, but she'd never question it for fear he'd change it back. Dreams of her family turned to dreams of the castle garden under a stormy sky. It looked to rain at any moment, and Beauty was not dressed for it. She meant to go inside, but then she saw a limp hand on the ground of the poison garden. Beauty rushed to it, the hand was connected to the man she loved. He was alive and sobbing, crushed berries in his hand. Her heart leaped that he lived, but sank at his sorrow. She took his hand to her heart. My beloved, what ails you? She asked. He looked at her, shaking with despair. Are you not aware your departure dooms me to death? Beauty tried to explain herself. 
I'll come back. I swore I'd return in two months' time. On the beast's life, I swore it. You don't understand. My father and siblings believe I'm long dead. He has to know he didn't kill me. The man ripped a branch off one of the bushes. Is your father's conscience worth my life? I know you won't return. The man fumed, waving the branch wildly. Be careful with that. I don't want you getting hurt. She tried to take the branch from his hands. He jerked away from her. Then don't leave. Beauty took a deep breath. I will not allow the beast to die. He has shown me only kindness. He may be crude and dull, but his generosity towards my family saved them. No prisoner has ever lived in such luxury. I get every comfort. I'm even allowed to leave now. The prince didn't seem to listen at all, saying, He's a despicable, ugly monster, keeping you captive until you submit to his lust. You don't know. You can't imagine what the monster wants to do to you. This horrified beauty. The beast wasn't perfect, but she'd begun to care for him. Don't be cruel. He's respectful. He won't touch me without my consent. Under the scales and tusks and... He's a gentleman. The man paced silently. After a few paces, he asked, Do you love him? Beauty's jaw dropped. Was he kidding? How could the man she loved believe she was capable of such monumental feeling for another? And a monster at that? Heavens no, I love only you, but I am grateful for the beast's kindness. No, you love him. You love the beast. The man's comment infuriated Beauty. I barely know the beast, she shouted. The man gave Beauty a piercing look, like she'd hurt him or lost his trust. He spoke slowly. Then why wouldn't you leave, never come back, and let the hideous monster die? Beauty tried to compose herself, but she'd never been this angry in her life. I cannot. I will not. This is nonsense. Why am I arguing with you? I don't know your name. I don't know if you're anything but a fantasy. Hot with anger, she ran away. She wasn't going to fight with a man in the rain. Where were her manners? How could this have happened? This simply wasn't done. Seeing him again should have been joyful, but she felt like she'd ruined everything, all because she'd started to care about the beast. She woke up in a strange bed. The burnt egg and butter scent of fresh omelets wafted in. Her father, Mark, chuckled in another room. Beauty was home. Thank you. 
Thanks for listening to Tales. If you want to listen to more tales, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, or on our website, parcast.com. If you enjoyed the show, we'd truly appreciate a five-star review. As always, thank you for your support. Tales was created by Max Cutler. It is a production of Cutler Media and is part of the Parcast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Ron Shapiro, with production assistance by Paul Mahler. Additional production assistance by Maggie Admire and Carly Madden. Tales is written by Maggie Admire. I'm Vanessa Richardson.